You're listening to a Behind Closed Doors podcast on 3CR 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash Behind Closed Doors. Our podcasts are also available on iTunes and Spotify. This show is broadcast on the land belonging to the people of Kulin Nation. Behind Closed Doors 3CR pays its respect to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledges that sovereignty has never been ceded, always was and always will be Aboriginal land. You have tuned in into 3CR's program Behind Closed Doors. This program explores all topics related to sex work. We give sex workers and allies a comfortable space to share their experiences. We also appreciate questions from the general public. Behind closed doors aim to uncover what the sex industry is really like. Our program exists to bridge the gaps. Please be mindful this program is not suitable for little years as there may also be explicit language use. Please email us at bcd3cr at gmail.com. On today's episode, we'll be talking to sex workers, Kiwi, Dean and myself, the theme of sex workers and clientele's experiences in the sex work industry. Hi, Kiwi. Hi, Dean. Hi. Hi and today, we're going to talk about our own experiences with the sex work industry. Mm, and clients. So maybe we can start off with why we are in this industry. Dean. For me, it began because of financial reasons. So it's a, for me, I like it because it's a great part-time job because I've always done other things uh, to complement this work, which is I've usually studied uh, or I've traveled or I've had other jobs. So I, I, I think of it and use it as supplemental income. Over the years, I have now seen it and I've talked about this on previous shows, I now see this work as a form of therapy, a form of sexual therapy and energetic therapy that I have with my clients so that I have this really lovely relationship with clients where we share stories, sexual energy experiences within each session. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I actually do a lot of breath work with clients what, so, what, what's the breath? What? so for example, it's like a meditation. So at the start and the end of every session, we take a few breaths in, we take oh, a few like breaths yoga. out, kind of, kind of. Mm. And it's, it's, a, it's um, meant to incorporate mindfulness. It's meant to incorporate relaxation techniques, de-stressing nice. techniques before and after each session with the client. And so that they leave each session with me more, um, de-stressed because that's the purpose of each session is for them to be de-stressed for them not to worry about what's happened during their week or their life and the session that they have with me the time they spend with me is private just for them where they can feel that they are in a very safe and special place and I and I think that what I give them is something like a it's like giving a friend a hug that's how I would best describe what I do and so people feel, you know, they feel um, the companionship, they feel the, the genuine respect, appreciation from me of being there. And hopefully they come back and they do. That is nice, Dan. It's definitely my service will be totally opposite of yours. <laughs> what about you, Kitty? <laughs> 
Uh, I think our services are a bit different because obviously yeah. uh, Dean's catering to a different type of clientele as well. Yeah, but think... why, why did you choose to be in this industry? Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, as uh, many of our listeners and you guys know as well, um, there was never a plan to join this industry. But what had happened to me was that I got married at such a young age. You know, I was poisoned by Disney fairy tales. And mm -hmm. because of the type of religious household I grew up in as well, marriage was the first step to a relationship. And that, that marriage didn't work out. Uh, that ended in family violence. And then I was separated and then divorced. And in that, you know, transition period of finding myself, I was actually working three jobs. <laughs> I kid you not. I was in retail um, and in restaurants. And I was also studying full time as well. And one day I came across this article which spoke about sex work. And given that my background was so sheltered, I only thought brothels existed in movies. <laughs> so when I digged a bit deeper, I was like, wow, this is a real thing. And, you know, after the experiences I've been through with my um, now ex-husband, what's the point of having a relationship with men when, you know, I can have the relationship without the commitment with mm -hmm. men and, and then be paid for it? So that's what got me into um, the industry. And plus, because I was working so many jobs to sort of help keep myself afloat, it was a sort of a resolution or a solution to the problems I had then. I've seen just too many people who have gone to uni, started sex work to pay uni off, and then end up being drug afflicted. That often comes from clients and sometimes managers who work at the brothels as well because they want you there for longer. They want you to have fun with them. So mm -hmm. oftentimes a client might say, you know, come party with us or they call it party bookings, right? Yes. And, you know, if you spoke to the people I worked with, you know that Kitty Galore was known as the party queen. And <laughs> it's not because I did drugs. It's just because... I brought the hype, the energy at that level where people who are on a lot of drugs want to be at. So, you know, for, for sex workers who want to do party bookings, just remember you have complete control of yourself, your body and your mind. And if you don't want to do drugs, you can still do those party bookings, mm -hmm. but you need to be strong enough to either say no or to mm. know techniques to use the drugs in a way that you don't actually consume them. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I have over the years had requests from clients and I, I see male clients uh, to party with them, which means to take drugs and or alcohol. And I don't do any of that. And it's it's been really interesting that yeah, it's just been really interesting, the, the type of clients you meet who do like to party. Um, I'm guilty of that in the past. I've done mm. drugs, alcohol with clientele. It was good money, for sure. That session yeah. is really good pay. But the day of the recovery, oh, my goodness, I can't even work. Sometimes <laughs> it takes me almost two weeks just to recover. You so pay is, for it the next day. Yes. And, and I was still young, and I, and I still, my body couldn't take it. Uh, mm. on the recovery part so I lose two weeks of working so that's why I stop I become more stronger and I start losing all these drug affected clients who wants to me to use drugs as well in the booking of course I still have um, those a few of the clients who do drugs but 
not in front of me anymore. So I said, you do whatever you need to do in the car and then you come and see me. And for me, why I chose this industry, it start off from, I was modeling for a soft porn site for, uh, in America. And then a clientele contacted the website and said, he's coming to Singapore and he would like to take me out for dinner. And I thought, oh, I was so young at the time. That's nice. <laughs> Caught up with him, he's American. And then he took me out for dinner. And then he asked me like how much for me to stay the night with him. That was the first like first get paid being an escort. So, yeah. And you know, it kind of feels like, wow, really? You're going to pay yeah. me for, you know, these hours? Yeah, I didn't know time? at the time. And then that's how it started off. And then money was really great. Also, why I stick on into this industry because a lot of heartbreaks from all men, you know, mm. all the being a trans woman, they see us as a fantasy. They don't really want to be with us. They said they want to be with us, but they don't. They just, in the end, they just want to be in bed with us. And then after they come, they just like, yeah, I'm going to call you again when I'm horny. So I feel, yeah, a lot of heartbreaks, a lot of crying. And that's why I said, I'm going to stick to this industry because I get paid and I have sex with them. So yeah, win-win situation for me. I feel like we need to talk about this. You know how so many people are on Tinder at the moment and they're just struggling with heartbreak. Whether it's, you know, it doesn't matter what gender you identify with. Everyone on Tinder seems to be going through a lot of heartache because they just feel like it's just one night stand after another, right? It's a fuss um, site. It's a what site? It's a, we call it the fuss site. Oh, do they? Yeah, <laughs> it's, not, it's not a dating site anymore. Okay, because I never got into Tinder. I've never had an account on Tinder. But what I understand is that there's not enough, number one, talk about consent that's involved with the meetup as well. Uh, number two, there's no level of expectations of where the relationship is going to go. Whereas if you meet a sex worker, it's very clean cut. It's a business transaction. Yes. You know, here's money for this hour. Um, do you accept? Do you decline? These are the things I want to do. Do you accept? Do you decline? And it's very respectful in a way because you know that after that transaction ends, you're not going to get hustling on the phone. You're not going to get someone upset with you because you're not calling them. Correct. There's no commitment there. It's just no like half, half an hour and one hour or maybe two hours transaction and that's it. So you buy your love with us. We can give it to you. <laughs> there's, a, there's an old, old song from an American composer called Cole, Cole Porter. And mm -hmm. the song is called Love for Sale. Yes. That's and and nice. it, refers, it refers to sex work even in the 1920s and 30s because it's been going on for centuries. Mm. And that's, you're right. It's love for sale. It's transactional yeah. and it's business. Consent. It's consensual. And that's safe. It. That's right. Yeah. Yep. On that note, we'll be back after this announcement. You're listening to Behind Closed Doors. We are Australia's only sex work radio show. The only way that we can have a safe world is understanding each other in our difference, limiting the economic disparities between peoples of the world, and not saying that some people deserve dignity and respect and others don't. They're the pathways to safety and security, and we need to have the courage to say we have to continue to have those complex dialogues about how we move forward so that the values of diversity and inclusivity are in everybody's hearts and maybe even the hearts of politicians. 
3CR celebrating diversity since 1976, 855 on your AM dial. Hi everyone, you're listening to Behind Closed Doors. We are Australia's only sex work radio show and Sasha, Kitty and myself have been talking about our experiences in the industry as well as our experiences and sharing stories about clients. Oh my God, it's like flashbacks of (laughs) of how we start off to get into this industry. I'm getting flashbacks like that. I still remember that guy's face where we went for dinner and it was such a lovely business deal. Yeah. He was such a gentleman. And There's some clients he, which are just so amazing. Like that was my know? experience for the first time, and that's mm. what, um, you know, they say first impressions last forever. That mm-hmm. was my first impression on the industry. Wow, my my so first nice in, after you yeah. said that, my my first impression I can rem- still remember this is actually a very high profile. I'm not gonna say too much. Person, person in yeah. Australia, <laughs> and yeah. he's still around. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, What's so his I, name? <laughs> I, I can tell you, but I'll I'll tell you after. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting, isn't it? When you when you yeah remember the yeah, first. But, but I think certain from people. my experiences from working all over the world compared to the one in Australia, my service have changed there's no more of girlfriend experience as much it's for me it's like i don't make love i fuck more since most of the guys here i just went bam thank you ma'am it's different from back then guys would date me out go for dinner champagne dine me out and then after that we go for the booking over here nothing at all i don't know if it's the same with you guys too in um but yeah i've seen the drastic change when i was doing brothel work i found that it was very much when bam thank you ma'am because you know Mm. it's always on to the next one which is another really good song so sasha you were just telling us about your experiences and how they differed from the past yeah i mean in in australia it's different kind of clientele the client here they just they just want to have sex this is why my service is about i'm i i don't make love anymore so um, like back in the days, guys would dine you out, take you out for dinner. And then after that, they will take me back to their hotel rooms. And so it's different. It's that's romance back then, but not anymore. Nowadays, it's like, especially in Australia anyway, it's wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Mm, I find my experiences are a bit different. So they were the same as yours back when I was working in a brothel. So, you know, mm. the more clients you see, the more money you made. So it was always like on to the next one. But now that I do a lot of independent escort work, the tables have turned. So it's a lot less when bam, thank you, ma'am. And it's a lot, let's get to know each other. Let's have a bit of romance and let's make this electric. So it's not like, yeah. you know, a quick in and out within half an hour and an hour or even two hours, but it's more like, hey, let's sit down, get to know each other. And let's really like have this chemistry when we have sex later on. I don't mind it. I'm not complaining because I have a partner now, so I don't mind it. Uh, when bam, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> I just yeah, finished, done. All right, um, we can move on. But if I was in, still single, probably I would. I still crave for that, like 
all this romance stuff. Okay, let's be real honest with our listeners today. Okay, how many people? <laughs> how many clients do you actually think know how to have good sex? <laughs> oh, oh um, this is a loaded question. I usually take. I usually um said I'll take in charge in the bedroom because a lot of the clients sometimes in there they just don't know what to do or they pretend they don't know what to do. It's part of the role play. I don't know. It just that's why in the bedroom I will take charge, and I think most of the guys likes that. In my with my, with my clientele, they likes that that when I take charge in the bedroom. So the sex usually will be still good because I'm usually telling them what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Is that too much info? <laughs> no, it's good. it's good. And what about yeah. you, Dean? Oh, um, a little bit of both. I think recently, especially coming out of COVID, I really appreciate the time and the sessions with each client, and so my business has really, really evolved. And from what I mentioned before about the breathing techniques, similar to Sasha in a way, I'm taking each client on a journey, whether it is a, a fast transactional sexual journey or it's something a bit more more explore, exploratory. It's evolving. It's it's fascinating. But I, I know where you're coming from because my experiences was doing the boyfriend experience. So similar to what you know, both of you have been talking about having um, the, the dining experience, the, mm. the getting to know you experience, that's what I had. But I think also because my business model has changed and I, I don't do escorting as much as I used to. Uh, so what I do now is, is classified as male-to-male erotic or sensual massage. It's a slightly different type of service it attracts a different type of clientele. So yes, there is the transactional element of it. But in saying that, I'm also able to put in my own personality of let's go on a journey. Let's go on a bit of a sexual exploration journey. Let, let's have a little bit more of a, a an intellectual and energetic connection. I actually have that with some of my re- yeah. very regular clients, which is fascinating. Kitty, what have you, what if, how would you describe what you're doing? Well, you know, I'm listening to the both of you share your experiences and the commonality that I see within all three of us is that we as sex workers, we take charge of our bookings and that's Mm. how we can ensure a great, satisfying, amazing electric time with our clients because you know, you guys have been way too kind here. I think that if we let the clients take charge, most clients don't know how to have sex. <laughs> and that's, that's my experience. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I realized. Well, I actually... situation, a lot of them are just, sometimes I've seen them before and they pretend that this was their first time. Like, come on. Well, so my I clients know... don't pretend it's their first time. My clients so pretend we... it's their hundredth, or thousands time and they think they're Maybe like for, the bomb um, in bed. <laughs> female is will be different with trans. They pretend that this is the first time. So they don't know what to do. But yeah, but they are bottom. Like seriously, it was too easy. Oh, like, I see. Oh, okay. it's your first time, babe. Okay. Clench harder. <laughs> I used to that. Babe, no, you used to see me. And then I know it was a role play. Like, yeah. This is why you need to have a very st- strong set of mind to be in this industry because yes. you're going to fuck your minds up. Yes. With and all you need these to crazy clients who come. 
to see And you need you. to be able to adapt with your clients because mm. your clients will come in with a certain frame of mind. They might yeah. be role playing, but they won't tell you. And therefore you have to adapt with them uh, and meet them at whatever level they're at. So yeah. for clients who think that, you know, they're just awesome in bed, uh, we have to teach them how to have actual amazing sex that's not like what people see in porn videos um, and, and do it in a way that upon porn service exactly and but do it yeah. in a way that still respects them and mm. that doesn't um, make them lose face that's kind of a saying we have in Chinese I think at like, the end of the day you need to uh, also set your own boundaries mm. um, like me I, I used to not have boundaries and end up feeling guilty of myself or feeling regrettable after the service being in the industry for a very long time, I learned how to set boundaries, what they can do and what they can't do, what I'm going to like and what I don't like. And Good. people should think about this, whether you are a sex worker or not, you should always think about your boundaries, you know, because mm. you deal with people every day, whether you like it or not. So for example, if you're queuing at Aldi and someone jumps ahead of you in your line, you need to be able to set your boundaries and, and think to yourself, yeah. Am I going to allow this or am I not going to allow this? Am I going to speak up or am I just going to let it happen? That's right. And clear communication, setting boundaries, having clear, clear communication so that everyone knows what is happening. There's, there's no surprises. We uh, said unex, this. Unexpected. It's, easy, it's easy saying than doing. Sometimes with clients yes. who are drug, drug affected, they, we really have a clear conversation and what's, what, what to do and what's not. And then when they come in there, they change their mind and, you know, and everything went past shape. Yeah. Mm. And it's yeah, about that's... adapting so that, you know, you change the pear to an apple or whatever yeah. freak it is you <laughs> like. <laughs> I, um, I always uh, believe in um, responding in, in kindness. Um, yes, if I can't 100%. do it, I say like, take back your money. I can't do it. Instead of being aggressive, some of the girls that I know has... Go, gone really aggressive in the bedroom and had you know arguments and and even physicals with the clientele i don't think it's necessary you know if you've been a long-term listener of behind closed doors you'll find that um, all three of us dean sasha and myself we all see each human as a human being so mm. It's really important to re always respond in kindness, regardless of who you're dealing with, um, whether it's a drug afflicted client or not. Right. I agree. You just have to be kind and just be honest. It's, it's not about all, it's not all about the money. It's about yeah. your mental health as well. Yeah. And that clientele too. That's right. And, and so some people could also be having a, it's like a real business. Yeah. And some, Exactly. And some people could also be having a bad day. Like one of my regular clients, he works all over Melbourne. And so he's uh, traveling a lot for work mm -hmm. at the moment. And so talking to him via text messaging is, can be really frustrating because he'll say something, ask a question, I'll respond. But because he's traveling or working, I won't get the response until maybe five, six, seven, eight hours later. Right. When he has a chance to, you know, get, grab his phone and respond. When I first got to know him, I was really frustrated because I thought, hang on, this guy's a, this guy's a, a jerk. Why is he not responding? Mm -hmm. He's asking, you know, questions, you know, what do I do? 
asking about the service I provide and I would respond in a timely manner and he wouldn't respond for hours and hours and hours. And then when I got to know, as I've gotten to know him over the last few months, he actually explained to me, he said, look, you know, I travel for work. This is, this is the work I do. And I, I travel a lot and I'm actually driving or in meetings. And so I, I'm sorry, I can't reply sometimes until I'm out of that meeting or wherever I am. And I, once I got to understand that, and once we both communicated to each other, you know, what, how, what, what was happening, I felt that, okay, this guy does respect me. This guy is genuine about being a client. He's not just being someone who's a time waster. And that's really interesting find differentiating that because I have also got time wasters who will ask 20 questions and you will reply to them, then they will not answer back or make a booking. So that was a really fine line between this very good regular client yeah. versus a time waster. I have no patience on that. I mean, I have so much patience. <laughs> I'm too patient. <laughs> I, when someone texts me and asking me questions, I say, like, you need to call me. If you don't call me, yeah, sell a B. <laughs> so I prefer to talk on the phone instead of texting, unless I already know that person. Um, if it's a, a new clientele, I'll, I won't be exchanging texts because sometimes they just want like sex talk. You know, yeah, I'm not going to give that. I, I'm not getting paid for sex talk with you. Yeah. Sex thing, sex thing, not sex talk, sex thing. Yeah. And also with boundaries, it's important to know that before the event actually happens. So sometimes clients will ask you, oh, what will you wear when you come and see me? Or, you know, what do you plan to do with me if I book you for an hour? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, hang on, you haven't booked me. So there's no reason for me to explain to you what I'm planning to wear or okay. what we'll be doing in our session. You know, that is part of sexting. And sometimes people do try and get that for free. I'm with you there. Yeah. And the thing I get is always like, what do you look like? Send me photos, send me pics. And I'm like, oh dear. That, that's a red flag to me when they when they ask for that information. Yeah, I, yeah. Even like my photos are online. They can just see it online. And then they would like pretend, oh, my friend actually gave me your number. What bullshit. <laughs> I've been for a very long time. <laughs> I, I usually have a very like a, they a, will try their very best to yes, get a picture of yes, you whatever yes. texting yeah is i i give want. them a very basic clothed picture next time when okay next time when they text you what what are you wearing just said oh, i'm wearing prada season um <laughs> you know autumn winter 2020 or, oh. oh, I'm wearing Chanel number five at the moment, <laughs> naked. <laughs> yeah, once you say something sexy, they will ask for more. Trust me, I have those. Even though some regulars as well, when you say something sexy, even though you're not trying, uh, they will try and manipulate that that um answer and will be for another question. But do you think it's a... Um, do you think a... <laughs> Some of you. <laughs> um, but do you think it's uh, a male thing? You know how males think, want that stimulation and they want that instant gratification? I don't know, Dean. Why don't you tell us you're a male? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I, I don't I know. So. Because when they're that horny, especially at work, yeah, yeah. they probably need... You know, sometimes flattering that they were thinking of you while wanking in the cubicle and <laughs> It is 
But when you are doing something like you, you don't want to entertain that. You need your own space. You know, sex yeah. work is not really hundred. We're not full time sex workers. We have other things to do. Yeah, so we, they, we have a life. It is always like available for them to be sexting and talk talk dirty to them. But no, dude, we are human. Sex work is real work, and we have other jobs as well, just like you. Wow. On that note, that's the end of our part one episode of Behind Closed Doors of us as sex workers talking about our experiences, talking about our experiences and sharing stories about clients and with clients. Great uh, chat, Sasha and Kitty. See you next week to talk about the worst experience that we had in the industry and also <sighs> some of our clientele's interviews to be on the show. See you next week. See you next week. We're here every Thursday, 6 p.m. on 855 AM and digital radio. Stay tuned. Okay. Tune into the station that gives voices to sex workers. Subscribe to 3CR. The only way that we can have a safe world is understanding each other in our difference, limiting the economic disparities between peoples of the world, and not saying that some people deserve dignity and respect and others don't. They're the pathways to safety and security, and we need to have the courage to say we have to continue to have those complex dialogues about how we move forward so that the values of diversity and inclusivity are in everybody's hearts and maybe even the hearts of politicians. 3CR celebrating diversity since 1976, 855 on your AM dial. This is a replay from an episode of Behind Closed Doors. We sincerely hope you enjoy this episode as much as we have enjoyed producing it.